John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's just me, Paula Poundstone. I want to tell you about a HeadGum podcast I think you're going to love. Fake the Nation with Nagin Farsad, which I've done a few times now. So much fun. You may know Nagin from her TED Talk, from NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, or her book, How to Make White People Laugh. On Fake the Nation, Nagin and a rotating cast of her funniest, smartest, and most politically astute friends, people like Samantha Bee, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Paula Poundstone, Larry Wilmore, <laughs> Margaret Cho, and more. Break down the news, make you laugh, think, and deliver a gut punch to humanity. Wait, do we really want to deliver a gut punch to you? I thought we wanted to uplift humanity, support, (laughs) uh, protect humanity. But apparently Nagin has gone over to the dark side. I'll tell you, I I have had so much fun doing this show. Nagin tells me that one time I role played Naomi Osaka's publicist. I don't recall that at all, Uh, but... (laughs) I'm going to have to go back to that episode and listen to it because it sounds funny. Uh, Uprox calls Fake the Nation the perfect lighthearted fit for a newsy podcast queue that needs a little levity. Meaning the news needs a little levity, <laughs> not the podcast because it is very funny. Subscribe now so you don't miss another episode of Fake the Nation airing every Thursday. Find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or, and I hate this phrase, Wherever you listen to podcasts, like none of us would figure that out. Coming to you live from the Ray Horseman Studio in North Hollywood, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Man, I love that music. Your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, the United States Constitution. You hear a lot of talk about what's constitutional and what's not constitutional, but let's be honest. How much do you really know about it? We, the people, in order to form a more perfect understanding of our Constitution, hereby welcome USC law professor Sam Ehrman to answer our questions. Can the Constitution really ensure domestic tranquility? Well, the Founding Fathers never visited my house. Plus, as a winner of the Frontier Communications Put Down Your Smartphone Contest, Pauler spent a week using only a flip phone. She'll share her journal of a week thrown back in time. Handwritten, needless to say. And we'll track how our show's doing on the international charts. Moldova, Greece is lapping you. I'm Adam Felber, the man who every week sits on this bench trying to rule in favor of conversational coherence. And now, please welcome the woman who is always out of order, Paula Poundstone! Wow. Wow. Welcome, Paula. And a big thank you to tonight's house band guitarist and harmonica player, blowing that harp, Ben Castle. Is it Castle? It's Castle. Yeah, like Carl. Like Carl Castle, spelled a little differently. Fantastic house band. Terrific musician. He also co hosts Totally Rad with with Alyssa Sabo every third Saturday of the month at UCB. Paula. Yes. 
as winner of the Frontier Communications Contest. I have not used <laughs> my smartphone for, let's see, I have another about another 24 hours to go. Okay, so uh, you've been six days without a smartphone. Yeah. You're using a flip phone as distributed to you by Frontier Communications. Yes, I'm using which, a flip phone. Yeah. I'm using their their book of maps. Okay. Their that's atlas. Right. That's right. Uh, to review used, for our listeners, yes. Frontier Communications sponsored a contest where you had to write an essay to say why you should be the winner, and the winner would receive a swag bag full of stuff to help you survive without a smartphone and a flip phone, and $1,000. Yes. And it took some doing, but we won that contest. Yeah. We... We hammered them into saying we won the contest. Yes. Is we what screamed we did, at them. Really. We yeah. cussed at them. Yeah. We, we called uh, them out by name. They're representatives on the podcast. We ground them down. We had Tony Anita Hull write, pepper them with emails. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so wanting to do my side of the uh, Bargain. Uh, arrangement, uh, I have, I've gone uh, for six days without my cell phone. I've used the various things. One of the things they sent was a collection of 80s. Music on a CD and a collection of 90s music on a CD. And right. I must say, I used the 90s music CD. I thought they were both 90s. It was, oh, was 80s it both? And oh, I didn't anyway, look Anyway, so you used the 90s we, one. I got stuck on the 90s one, whatever okay. it was. Was it uh, good? You know, hit me, baby, one more time. Yeah, I believe I believe we established that both CDs that you got actually had that song on Oh, is that true? Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's perfect. Because yeah. you know what that means? What? Hit me, baby, one more time. means it's yeah. on there twice. Uh, and... Uh, I put that on the is other that night. Is the melody of Hit Me Baby One More Time? It is when I sing it. It's a, <laughs> because to me, it sounds a little more like that 70s tune, Do That To Me One More Time. <laughs> Do that to me one more time. Shit, Britney Spears lifted that entire song. <laughs> From who? Was that uh, Rita I don't Coolidge? Know. Or, I, don't know. I don't know. Oh, oh, okay, so I put it on the other night. And uh, both my daughters happened to be over, and they, uh, they're, you know, raised in the 90s, and they were familiar with all the songs on the thing. I, I was not. Uh, and they said I dance weird. But I had a great time. Okay. Uh, we sat around listening to the music from the 90s. I'll tell you, they sent me a journal. And you've I've, been writing in a journal. I've been journaling. About this experience. Uh, yes. Uh, and it has changed some things. Here's one thing. I usually use my smartphone. I set it. Four times I set it at the time I need to wake up. Okay. And I set it four times half an hour earlier. Does that make sense? So if I have to get up at 830, yeah. I set it for 630. Um, Seven, uh, 730 and 8. Right. And then 830? And then 830. Exactly. Why do you do that? That's I a, so- love to <clears throat> fall asleep. Really? Yeah. And if you just sleep the whole time, you don't even know you're sleeping. I love to fall asleep. And that works for you. <laughs> well, the problem because is... Because what would happen is at 6.30, I'd wake up and I'd be like, oh, crap. Now I'm up. Yeah. No, no. I go right back to sleep because I love to fall asleep. And so... But right. I can't do it with an alarm clock because I can't reset an alarm when I'm that tired. Oh, so, so, so screw it up. One so of the important to, things in your life in the smartphone revolution, and I'm, right. I'm going to go out on a limb and say you're the only person for whom this is the case, um, is that you get to set multiple alarms so you don't really have to get up. You just have to turn off the alarm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly right. And the other thing I use it for, I use it in the airport um, because when I'm at the gate, I set it for the time I have to wake up uh, in case I fall asleep. But now, without it, I was... You are amazing at falling asleep. Oh, I can fall asleep anywhere. I know. It's I, I have be... to say, like when I fly with you, the few times I've done it, it's intensely annoying. 
Because, you know, we'll talk for a while, and, and you can talk a lot. Yeah. And, and yeah. then all of a sudden you'll be like, I think I might take a nap. Yeah. And well, you're out. I think you should welcome that. If if the fact that I <laughs> this, talk so much bothers you. Oh, I you, long for the sweet release you, of your naps. If I were you, I'd be, like, I'd be like, let me set that smartphone for you, Paul. Let me help you with okay, that. Okay, so can we hear okay. some of your journal? Uh, okay, here's one. Uh, uh, 6 a.m. Friday morning. I usually check the news on my smartphone while I sit at the airport. Can't. We could all be dead for all I know. I feel untethered. Okay. Yeah, that was... That, that was, doesn't sound like a, like a great commercial for flip phones, but go ahead. Okay. Here's another one. Uh, 2.30 p.m. Friday. I wanted to listen to the song that goes, Telephone lines. But I didn't have my smartphone, so I've just sung one line that I can remember. Telephone lines over and over and over. Okay, I'll Is say... Is that a... That's that's you, that's a good entry. Yeah. Do you uh, know that song? It's uh, Telephone Line, not Lines. It's by ELO, <laughs> Electric huh. Light Orchestra, from their uh, New World Record album, nineteen seventy Light Orchestra. Five, I think, nineteen seventy-six. Yeah. I always thought it was Elmo spelled wrong. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. Yeah. It's ELO, Electric Light yeah. Orchestra. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Elmo, Elmo loves telephone lines. <laughs> um, all right, I can't even do a good Elmo. Voice. Well, it's, it's a high uh, pitch. Anyway, yeah. All right, Elmo anyway. loves telephone lines. That's oh yeah, that's uh, what it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was doing more of a Grover, my mistake. Okay, so um, I, I will say this: Frontier Communications appears to be getting this is backfiring them a little bit because all your journal entries seem to be like, God, I want my fucking smartphone back. Yeah, well, isn't that the? I thought they were trying to increase your need for the smartphone. I thought that was. <laughs> is, is it, I thought that was the whole purpose. Is, is, is that the purpose of it? I believe I, it is. I, oh, it is? Yeah, I believe it is. They, it's to show the degradation of having no smartphone. Um, and I don't share that I belief don't either, actually. I think that is. No, I think it is. Really? Yeah. You really think everyone's going to go around listening to hits of the 90s all the time on CD? No. Okay. No, they, what they were trying to indicate was that it would be Things difficult. are better now. Right, Things exactly. are better. Oh, you know, you yeah. might be right. I, of course I'm right. Well, in any case- Who has gone through the experiment? Of course I'm right. You're the it, test it leaves subject. leaves you with an untethered feeling. I okay, had to, so you feel untethered. My whole way over here tonight, I couldn't listen to my programmed music uh, because I wasn't using the smartphone, so I had huh. to listen to the news- And, uh, you know, it's not good news. No, news is never good these days. No, it's not good news. It's never good. Um, I will say this. They're getting their money's worth because according to your assistant, Wendell, who spoke to your accountant, the Frontier Communications money hasn't actually come through yet. No, it hasn't. Um, Tony Anita Hall said something about it got stuck in there. Spam? What happened? Uh, apparently, your your accountant's email got stuck in their spam folder, and thus oh, the check had to be voided. And, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've used that one. Yeah, but well, I, I, I don't know. Frontier I'm, I'm, might be playing with us, Paula. No, I'm doing like a good faith thing here. Okay. I've, uh, plus, I've already gone through six uh, days and nights of no smartphones, so I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to stop now okay. and wait I, for I the- just want to say, in case anybody <laughs> listening feels like Paula is going through some gastric episode right now, that is, in fact, Pod Pup, who's growing very quickly. Yeah. Pod um, Pup, he's drinking some water. Drinking some water back there. I like just a, thought, like a, like I thought she wasn't mic'd and she'd be okay. I, I think we're going to be able to but we're gonna be picking some little, of that up. She's That's, sort of a yellow Clifford. It's hard to... <laughs> she's, getting, she's getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Uh, she's part Newfoundland, you say? Yeah, All she right. is. She's so, uh, uh, Paula, I guess... Uh, you know, you went old school with the phone, but you're grappling with a very new school problem with your prescriptions. Oh, express scripts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, here's the thing. Okay, I I don't know how to stop it. 
Stop what? They keep sending me medicines. Okay. And they're medicines that, I, yes, I'm, they're prescribed to me, but I don't, I don't take them all. They're okay. not, they're not medicines you're supposed to take every day. Well, I don't know if you're supposed to or not, but I don't. And so, like, I have these. That's a little disturbing. No, here I have these anti-bone breaking meds. Right. That um, you have to take them uh, in the morning. You have to stay awake. You can't like wake up, take it, and then go back to sleep. So you have to take it in the morning, and and you have to not have eaten or or like drank like soda. Why can't you go back to sleep? That doesn't make sense. I don't know. It just says okay, it on so, the box. So there's this thing. Yeah. Okay. okay. So I can't do that uh, once a week all the time. Sometimes I've already drank soda before I'm even awake. So then you just don't take it. Ah, so I don't take it. So what's happening is these anti-bone-breaking meds just keep coming to the house like the Harry Potter uh, letters of acceptance to Hogwarts school. Right. They just keep coming and coming. There's piles of these things. We had a rheumatologist on this show a few weeks ago. Yeah. And we and we established that like you really need to be taking your anti bone breaking meds. Yeah, well, I, I I'm trying, but now it feels like you're not trying very hard. No, I am. But you didn't fracture so, a rib last there's summer. There's so many of these boxes now that I trip over them, and it's causing it's ri- Co- it's causing more bone breaking than it's preventing. Okay, and the other thing is sinus spray. We well, don't have to take sinus spray every day. You take it when you need it, and it just keeps coming. Are you I have, sure? I, you know, I didn't used to have a backyard pool, but I do now because. <laughs> I just you have a, I a dig, landfill. I dug a hole, okay, and then I pour the sinus spray into the hole, and, and so your problem is that you don't there. want these medicines. Which I don't want to me. Them. It sounds like you should be taking no, them. No, I want them sometimes, <laughs> okay. but not at this rate. I mean, I can't keep up with it. Have Do you, you know told what I mean? anybody like your Have assistant you Wendell that like maybe like, you could log in and tell them not to do, send anymore? I, we don't know how. Both of you don't know how. Well, he might know how, but I... Have you asked him? I, I have. He's Before too, you took it to this program? Yeah, no, I have asked him, and he says, oh, I don't know about that. My, my assistant, Wendell, is very is, negative. Is he your assistant, or is he your grandfather? No, he's my... It's, I don't know anything There's a lot it. of similarities. But it's cold in here. Yeah, yeah. he's very negative. He's okay. in the negative he's, club. He is in the negative he, club. Yeah, so, uh, so anyways, they've just piled up and piled up. So I guess what I'm saying, and I... I, I hope this isn't illegal. But if any listeners need anti-bone breaking pills or sinus spray, please let me know. Or if they have some advice for how Paula might stop the Well, the and barrage. the other thing is, they come to your, they're in a plastic bag that gets delivered in the mail right. and sits on your porch all day. I'm sure that doesn't affect the uh, potency. What? They they sit, they get delivered. No, I in the heard mail you, but why would that affect you? You're being sarcastic si- about no, it. But they're it. sitting out in the hot sun all day. Well, they're inside a bag and probably inside a, a vial inside that bag. They're sitting out in the hot sun all day. Okay. This has been summer, Adam. We just had summer. Oh, I I, I know what we just had. And we, you're, you're out in the valley. It's 100 and fuck out here most of the time. It, it is. It is. Have we, you we... ever had a pill delivered from Espresso Grips like that? I, I don't know. I'm not really yeah. on any prescription meds. Yeah. Well, anybody in your house? have? Yeah, see, it would be much easier. Just go to the pharmacy and get it. Okay. That's that's good advice. I have and to say, you... of all the problems you bring up on this show, you... this sounds like the most solvable one. If you, you know, this but one I can't make easy. them stop sending it. Well, call them. Call them. I don't know their number. Look so, it up on your smartphone when you get it. All no, right, what let's I move do on. is when the mailman comes, when the when the postal delivery uh-huh. person comes, I grab him by the collar and I go, "You better not have nasal spray in that bag." Well, that sounds that might be effective as well. Man, now, speaking of hotel run. soaps, though, you have a bo- we have a bag of raisinets in front of us. Well, it's funny. I See, wanted that's to get to the this. thing about going to the pharmacy. 
is that you can not only get your meds, but you could get a bag of Raisinets. Which you can't do on your front porch. No, exactly. And they would melt. So I do. I have a bag of Raisinets that somebody gave me the other day. And I noticed that on the back, there's two differing pieces of information. Yeah, there's a, there's a very nice graphic towards the bottom that says, what is it? It says thoughtful portion. Thoughtful. And it's I'm surprised they didn't go full on and say mindful, but okay. It's a thoughtful portion, thoughtful which portion. they describe as two tablespoons uh-huh. of raisinets. And then underneath it says, or about 24 raisinets. And then it says 95 calories. That would be a thoughtful portion. Right. Now, now I would never have a thoughtful portion of raisinets. They no, seem me they seem designed to be eaten by the handful. Yeah, which what is kills more me about this is like, you know, raisinets is selling you this food that has, you know, sugar in it and 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 uh, you know, arguably isn't particularly good for you. Well, it's raisins. Yeah, but it's the it's a sugary part. So uh, Yeah, there's some sugar involved. You know, and they get raisins get stuck in your teeth. Raisins are really not great for you. Really? Yeah. Wow, we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to have a raisin person on the show to talk about that because um, I think they probably are. They're just dried grapes. Yeah, but it's uh, whatever. Okay, all right. So, I, I agree to can- disagree right. on raisins, but it's, Paula. It's, but it's candy, right? Okay. okay, so it's candy. Raisinets are candy, and then they lay it back on you by talking about thoughtful portions. You should be thoughtful. Yeah, and I just feel I like you it. know what, Nestle, you can't have it both ways. Yeah, you and I made a pact, me and Nestle, that I was going to eat some shit food, and that's fine with me. Don't go putting thoughtful portions on the back of my package. I, I get that, and you know, as I, as I noted, and then up under nutrition facts, sure. in another section. Of the bag altogether, it says serving size, one quarter cup. That's the nutritional information. Yeah, a quarter cup is a lot more than two tablespoons. Well, precisely. So, by their very admission, yes, a serving size is not a thoughtful portion. No, it isn't. So, if you have what the fuck, Nestle? Honestly, and then what is it? I couldn't read it, Adam. What does it tell you? It says ninety-five calories for the twenty-four raisinets. What does it say for uh for oh, a okay, serving so, so size? the thoughtful portion is uh, 95 calories. For the serving size, it's 190 calories. It's roughly double. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know what? I, I'll tell you what. If no, I, it's not roughly. It's exactly double. If, so, all right. So if I, like, explode uh, with, you know, fat and I have a seize up and have a heart attack, right. you hold on to that package and you sue the shit out of Raisin Eggs. Paula Poundstone, I pledge to do that. Now, do you have a word this week? Mm. You know, I do have a word. Do you? Uh, I do. Um, wait, I have to tell you one story okay. before the word. Okay. Okay. So, what I... Uh, Bonnie, put down that piece of paper. <laughs> was Bonnie... Was Bonnie, Captain Bonnie Crinkle making just this crinkling? Oh, I did. Yeah. yeah. No, I think you did. Yeah. <laughs> She's saying she didn't. She said, no, she didn't. She folded it. Okay, but she doesn't understand that in the folding of yeah. several papers, yeah. there was a thick crinkling. Yes, there was a thick crinkling. Yeah. Um, I folded it. Uh, you don't need to fold it, Bonnie. It's just a script. All right, so okay. I have to tell you something that I didn't tell you. All right, so I went the other day okay. to hear our congressperson in Santa Monica, in our district, our congressperson, Ted Lou, who's a terrific- Love Ted Lou. He's a great congressman. Yeah. Um, but it was like in this fancy-ass backyard in Brentwood. You know, everything was sort of white and flowy. And uh, yeah. there was a big, you know, buffet. And that's just the people. They, they were all, yes, they were. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly what I mean. There was a waterfall. There was a big, huge uh, pool. There was, it was all very lovely. Brentwood is and, lovely. Uh, it, was, it was lovely. There were tablecloths and many tables. And uh, 
So Ted Lieu, you know, talked about some things. He talked about impeachment. He talked about uh, gun violence. He talked about, I forget, the, oh, Afghanistan. Yeah, and then he he's said, great. Well, I follow him on Twitter. And then he told a story. He told a story. He said that um, the head of the NRA, LaPierre. Wayne LaPierre. Wayne LaPierre had taken. Um, great name for a hockey player. Uh, he's, uh, <laughs> he had taken the money of people's donations for the NRA uh-huh. and come to, in fact, Beverly Hills and bought, like, a bunch of fancy suits. Very, very expensive suits. Wayne LaPierre was buying suits on the dimes of the NRA members. Precisely. Okay. Uh, he then said that he had had a meeting with Trump um, wherein he asked him, uh, you know, basically to get behind the NRA and, and, and not- do nothing about gun violence. Precisely. Yes. So he asked for if anybody had questions after he had finished t- talking about all these topics. And We're getting you know, I deep raised background my here. hand and I waited a little while and I raised my hand. I waited a little while. I raised my hand. And uh, finally he says, yes, you know, you, uh, you know, in the hat. And, and, I, and I stand up and I say, well, my, well, my first question is, um, did Wayne LaPierre wear one of the suits when he talked to Trump? Okay. Well, this was the reaction that the entire backyard. <laughs> yeah. Why? why? No, what I said to you him was. You finally got a chance to ask I a said, question. No, I said, I have three questions. Okay. I said, but I think we'll get through them quickly. I said, here's my first question. I just thought I would bring a little levity. I don't even see that as the, levity. It's did, just perplexing. <laughs> Apparently, Ted Lou shared your view because he. <laughs> there was dead fucking silence yeah. in this backyard. Look, you, you have, you have. All you could hear. Hundreds of great jokes have you told, Paula. I don't uh, get that one all, at all. All you could hear was the clinking of plastic cups uh, <laughs> from the people there to talk about the environment. Uh, <laughs> and, and then, and then he sort of acted like he couldn't hear me, so I repeated it. To the same reaction. Well, yeah. Well, well then, now it's just embarrassing because you know the joke is going to bomb. I had a suspicion. Yeah. Because <laughs> it just did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. So it was touch and go. Wow. Uh, you know, and then I asked, uh, um, are we ever going to see all the uh, the stuff that they've, uh, from the conversations that they've hidden in the super secret account server? The Trump server. administration's uh, uh, secret server, yeah. And they roared with laughter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Might have been relief. Yeah, that one killed. Yeah. <laughs> I think they were worried about you, and it was just relief that you were. Uh, yeah. No, okay, that so, one was um, great. I, I- Hey, everybody. As longtime listeners know, when Helix Mattresses first started sponsoring our show, Bonnie Burns somehow got the drop on me and made off with the first mattress. But in the intervening years, I have gotten myself a Helix mattress. I've had it for almost a year now, and it has improved my sleep. It has improved my life. I could not be happier. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, which I have, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, which is a mattress designed just for big and tall sleepers, and they even have mattresses made just for kids. Now, if you're like me and you were a little nervous about trying it online, or like Paula, who was screaming in fear of buying a mattress online, don't be. The Helix Sleep Quiz takes into account your individual sleep preference to match you and your partner with the perfect mattress. I took the quiz and I ended up with the great mattress for a side sleeper, the Helix Midnight Lux. Take my word for it, everybody. The Helix Midnight Lux. 
Oh, don't want to take Adam's word for it. I don't blame you. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and... Two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula and use the code helixpartner20. This is their best offer yet and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Paula. Paula, I invited you over, but (laughs) you fell asleep. Helixsleep.com slash Paula. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Adam. Yes. One in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list. And the sixth one has start a podcast. If that's you, <laughs> make 2024 the year you finally checked learn a language off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. Don't do it. Or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. And Paula, I got to say, I really appreciate the whole like getting phrases that are important to know in that language right away, like how to order food, how to ask for directions, how to speak to merchants. And I really dig more than that, the speech recognition technology, because even if some of our listeners think that I have a weird cadence when I am attempting to speak Spanish, (laughs) I am am speaking it well enough for the Babbel app to understand what I'm saying, at least when I do it right, like this. Listen to this. Adios, Carlos. Ya te vas. Sí, es tarde. Entonces, buenas noches. Hasta pronto. I don't think you have a weird cadence. I think it sounds great. Thank you. Studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Yikes. And their football team is fantastic. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, plus all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Is there some kind of special? Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription. Wow. But only for our listeners at babbel.com slash nobody. If I'm not mistaken, Paula, that is 55% off at babbel.com slash nobody. The one spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. And then you just add a slash and the word nobody. And it's 55% off? Yeah. Wow. Rules and restrictions may apply. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Adios. Hey, guys, it's Adam. And tonight is January 3rd, and I am picking Giannis Antetokounmpo to score less than 36 points and James Harden to score more than 16. Why? Because I like beards. Am I putting a lot of money on this? I am not, because I'm not really a gambler, but I am having a lot of fun with Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. 
They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, who I would lose to, you pick more or less than two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in, or in my case, not. So I don't bet a lot. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey had a 10.5 combo of three points made, plus receptions. Do I get that? Kind of a little bit. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. So, it's like an insurance policy. Go to prizepicks.com nobody and use code nobody for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's prizepicks.com nobody and use code nobody for a first deposit match of up to $100. And then drop by and see how I did with the Greek freak and Harden again on January 3rd. My hopes are not that high. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question. Yeah. Um, well, I've just so do you have a word thing. this week? This uh, this uh, this thoughtful portion. Oh look at everybody! Uh, it's the... Mrs. Culpepper. <laughs> it's Mrs. Uh, hello, Adam Felma. Mrs. Culpepper, uh, the, uh, the the Southern this... Gentry hand puppet. That this, isn't actually a puppet. This thoughtful portion from the Raisinets is uh, exiguous. Exiguous. If Captain Culpepper and I had served such a portion at one of our affairs. Uh, Had served? It, it, it would have been considered outre. It would have been a calumny. <laughs> a calumny. It would yes. have been a damnable calumny. Well, you said had. Had you done that at one of your functions? Are you and the captain no longer hosting functions? Uh, the captain, uh, Adam Velma. Yes. It, it pains me to say that uh, Captain Culpepper is deceased. No. Uh, yes. I thought oh, you I'm knew so that. Oh, I'm so sorry. No. I could have sworn <laughs> I had told you that in the past. He died in battle, did he? I died in bed. In bed? Uh, he passed uh, away, uh, actually, at a function. At a function? We were at a function. We okay. were at a wine and cheese function. He uh, he passed he, away. He I'm slipped sorry and fell, to maybe? Slipped and oh, fell no, he did not slip and fall. He, Captain Culpepper passed away uh, uh, from a, a, a trial toxism. Oh, is that poisoning by dairy or cheese? Uh, is that poisoning by dairy or cheese? Wow, uh, I guess cheese there's no telling dairy. exactly which cheese or dairy product. Uh, I beg to differ. It was the gold of the garden. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to try one more time. I thought we were almost done with this segment. Paul, I have a a word. (laughs) (laughs) What's your word word this week? Uh, This week's word is stickle, uh, which means to argue or insist stubbornly, especially about trifles. Wow, I didn't know that word existed, but I think it it explains the existence of the word stickler, does it not? Uh, It might. In well, some eyes. Uh, I think it probably really does. Uh, it could. No, no, no. It sounds like it absolutely does. But do you have a sentence with I do. Stick, stickle uh, in it? Adam continues to stickle ah. over my remarkably soft tripoly blend t-shirts with the self-portrait on the left breast and the memorable quote on the back. I'm going to say I do stickle about that. You do stickle about that. Because as we keep establishing and then having unestablished here on this show, the tripoly blend isn't a thing. 
It is. It's a, it, it, it's a remarkably soft tripod. And I can't tell you how many people, you know, I sell uh, my merchandise on the road because I'm, uh, oh, who's the guy from um, Green Acres? I don't know. Oh, uh, the guy who sells it, Mr. Haney. Okay. Um, uh, anyways, I sell merchandise on the road. Okay. And uh, so people you're... come up to me all the time and uh-huh. say, tell Adam that the tri-poly blend is remarkably soft. The shirt is remarkably soft. Yes, it is, because it's made, Adam, of a tri-poly it's blend. It's made of a tri-blend, Must Paula. you stickle? <laughs> <laughs> You're right, Miss Culpepper. I got sucked into that again. Anyway, coming up, Lenny Bruce said, the American Constitution was not written to protect criminals. It was written to protect the government from becoming criminals. That's a good one, Lenny. We're going to talk constitutional law when we return on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. a.m. Saturday. I counted 18 people at the airport gate on their smartphones. I am not one of them. I glanced at the cover of a People magazine that the lady beside me is reading. Up top, it says, Demi's shocking new tell-all. Demi Moore must have been out of the country for a while. Somebody needs to tell her we can't be shocked anymore. We're shock-proof. Normally, I would have tweeted that. Can't. (laughs) Another entry from your journal. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Wow. Update it's a miserable right experience you're going through. It's, well, it's, been, it's had me on edge. All right. Well, um, Paula, let's talk the Constitution. Oh, I love that. Because we're all talking about the Constitution these days, and uh, what's constitutional, we're asking ourselves. What isn't constitutional? Uh, you carry around a Constitution with you, don't you? In my jacket. You do? I do, in my jacket that I use uh, for going to and from uh, the airport. Oh, your, your, your travel jacket. My travel jacket. Do you take it out and refer to it? No, but every now and then the TSA will say to me, you know, what's in your pocket? And I say, the Constitution. (laughs) So that feels good. It does. Yeah. Even though I have a sad, awful truth about this. What is that? I keep meaning to get around to reading it, but the curly letters and the arch language confuse me. Okay. And understand that what I'm about to say here, I say with deep shame. Yeah. People are always talking, just as you said, about what is and what isn't constitutional, and I nod my head, but I often don't really know what they're talking about. Really? Yeah. Now, you could read a version that doesn't have curly letters. I don't see how. (laughs) Well, you could just... I don't have my smartphone right now, Adam. I, I could show you on my smartphone that you can just go to a page where it's on any font you like. Yeah. 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 No, honestly, I just haven't, I haven't always understood it. I do have an audio series that I listen to called May It Please, Please the Court, that is Supreme Court Arguments. I listen to- I love to, Supreme Court Arguments. Uh, me too, so I listen to that, so I'm a little bit, but I'm not facile. I read the decisions. I'm not facile in Constitution. Well, we're going to- Which is why- I'm, Yeah, well, I, I want to say one other thing. Our please. good friend Peter Sagal made a series about the Constitution for PBS. You yeah. You could watch that sometime too. I don't know how to turn my television on. Okay. <laughs> well- we have someone with us tonight I who can help. I can't get to the television because there's piles and piles, piles of, of nasal spray. Yeah. Uh, bone anti-bone breaky pills. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get that fixed for you, Paula. Anyway, we have someone here to help us. Sam Ehrman is a law professor at USC's Gould School of Law. He teaches constitutional law and served as a clerk to Supreme Court Justices John Paul Stevens and Anthony Kennedy, and also to U.S. Court of Appeals Judge Merrick Garland, who you might remember was nominated for the Supreme Court. He is the author of. Almost Citizens, Puerto Rico, the U.S. Constitution, and Empire. Please welcome Sam Ehrman. Welcome, Sam. Thank you for having me. Um, so 
I, I don't know what you can advise Paula to do beyond reading the damn thing. I mean, isn't, isn't that an important first step to understanding the Constitution? One good thing about the Constitution is it's much shorter than almost any other country's Constitution. It's really oh, short. True? Oh, it's very short. I, yes. I, I, haven't, I haven't compared it. Uh, to other countries' constitutions. No, you haven't. No, but you do uh, carry it with you. I, it's, yeah, it's remarkably small uh, in my. But I, I always thought maybe it was uh, edited or something. The one that I have in my pocket. No, no, no. It's a, no, it's a short it. document, right? Uh-huh. It is. It's quite. Um, I mean, it's true that it can be a little slow going, but there's not that many total words. I, okay, I, I get confused I, about the whole thing. So okay. can we start with the basics, which is what is the Constitution? The Constitution is the rule of the roads for the United States government. Um, It's designed to sort of divide power up between the different parts of the government uh, in order to both let the government function well and to keep any one part from becoming a tyrant that will sort of run the show entirely and cut us, the people, out of the picture. Hmm. The vaunted system of checks and balances upon which our government is built. Exactly. Defined in the Constitution. It's Can't a recipe. imagine that ever happening. Yeah, it would never happen. It would never, it, the balance is perfect, right? Now, how is it? Uh, what, all right, so what are the Constitution's basic principles? The basic idea is, as we just heard, that the um, if you separate power out and you give different parts of the government the ability to check each other, that then no one part can aggrandize itself to the expense of every other part. And so the original constitution before the amendments was primarily about both preventing tyranny and also getting us out of an earlier articles of confederation where they prevented tyranny just by making the federal government not be able to do much of anything. So we want a government that can work for us, but that can't oppress us. Okay. That that sounds like a good idea so far. It's a very good idea. Um, and Because we lived under those articles of confederation for a while, didn't we? Well, not you and I. No, no, I'm talking about uh, after, after at the end of the Revolutionary War until no, the you said we. I meant we as in Americans, Paula. Uh huh. I still live under an article <laughs> of Confederation. <laughs> so, so it prevents how, me from getting hardly anything done. How many amendments have there been since the original? Uh, so there's been well over two dozen at this stage. And two dozen? Because aren't they always talking about amendments? They talk about them all the time, and every so often they manage to get. Uh, a few through, and a lot of them aren't all that interesting. But That's true. It is. Uh, but we haven't been able to pass one in the longest time. It seems like the days of amendments might be over, right? It has been a little while, um, and one of the more recent ones we got through was actually one written by James Madison way back in the founding era that they just never got around to ratifying until more recently. Really? Uh, James Madison wrote one that didn't get through. And he wrote some of the gr- amendments' greatest hits. And then it just it just sort of it just sort of languished. It was a, yep. And and it was then a B-side. Some, and then some uh, modern, uh, uh, more modern uh, Congressperson took it up and said, "Let's pass this." Yeah. So it needed to be ratified to become an amendment, and initially it didn't get enough states. But as more states came into the union, the it they started ratifying it much later, and so two hundred years afterwards, it eventually got the supermajority it needed and became part of the Constitution. And what is it? Um, that the Congress shall be allowed to use a quill. I don't think it's that. 
So that's I think that's really, almost definitely I, not it. I think they waited too long, don't you, Sam? So they were using quills illegally all those years? Uh, yeah, I guess so. That they, they, Shall. And there's uh, there's question about what the word shall mean, right? There, there isn't. Yes, um, there is. So what is the... Uh, recently. Oh, yes, yeah, there's been a shall yeah, controversy the, a recently. A lot of the fuckheads are arguing about what is shall mean. Yeah, that, and you're talking about in relation to the uh, release of the whistleblower's complaint against Donald Trump. Yes, yes. I am talking yes. about that. They, that's, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Um, uh, but but let's get back to the question because we yes. didn't let uh, we we didn't let him answer. I have a question that I'd like to ask you before <laughs> that question. <laughs> okay. Which is so you're uh, Sam Ehrman. Ehrman and you're a constitutional law professor. But there was the famous Sam Irvin from the Watergate hearings. Did people ever confuse the two of you? Do they ever think that you you're just a a poor country lawyer? Uh this is the first time. <laughs> <laughs> It's never been brought up the similarity? No. Huh. <laughs> all right, let's let's, let's move I on. I figure you had all sorts of anecdotes and stories. <laughs> He's not getting a chance to do any of them. About how many times you've been confused. All right. So, I, at this point, uh, this right, has so got to be the easiest interview you've ever had. No, we have, so, we've barely so, gotten past what is the Constitution. Okay. Okay. So, so, so we were asking what was what the, was the uh, amendment? What was, what was the, the amendment? What was the Madison uh, Golden Oldie that came? Uh, so it was about Congress and shall, but it was Congress shall not raise its own pay during its own term. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. I wonder why they didn't pass that for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ka-ching, so, ka-ching, ka-ching. How is the Constitution structured, Sam? So it's um, it's structured in seven articles, uh, and the first three divide up all the powers. So... Initially, Congress was thought to be the most important part of the government. Yeah. yeah. So Article 1 is about Those Congress. Those were the days, my, my friend. friend, I thought would never. They Sorry. ended. They ended. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, the Congress was thought to be the strongest? That's right. I didn't, th- I didn't think one was supposed to be stronger than the other. Well, Congress, they were worried about the president becoming like a king. So yeah. they did not, they would have been surprised at how strong the president has become. And then the courts were sort of an innovation, the idea that they were going to be this major check on the rest of the government. Um, and so that was the third article. And then there's four more, and those are more sort of rules of the road. So you have things about um, the Constitution will be supreme over state law. Article 5 is about how do you amend the Constitution. and How do you amend the Constitution? Well, there's... Two ways, but there's only one way it's ever actually done, which is Congress proposes an amendment and then the state legislatures have to ratify them by a supermajority. Oh, okay. Huh. Took a long time to do that. With the- it, it used to be easier. Now, like we could, if you remember, we, could, we didn't even get the Equal Rights Amendment passed, right? That's right. So that was a close one, but it came up just short. Huh. Yeah, I there do remember go. that. Yeah. That's why you don't have equal rights, Paula. Yeah. Yeah. Um... It's weird that we even needed to write that on paper. Well, that's that's what the argument against the Equal Rights Amendment, in fact, was. Yeah, yeah, but it was a bunch of fucking guys making the argument. Yeah, yes, it, ladies, ladies, you don't need to write that down. <laughs> I think we all agree we're all equal yeah, now. Yeah. Now, now get your pretty little butt back in that kitchen. <laughs> don't you worry about that. Of course, of course, you're equal to us. <laughs> 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 Okay. Well, I beg to differ. <laughs> uh, oh, yes, Miss Culpepper, you yeah, have something uh, to say about I, this? I always wanted the ERA to pass. Did you? Uh, I did. I wrote it. Uh, 
How did the captain feel about it? Uh, the captain was long since passed. With really? The ERA. Oh, he could not have lived through that. <laughs> if the Gouda didn't get him, the ERA would have. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. <laughs> okay. Uh, Sam, talk, talk to me about a constitutional crisis. So, We've been throwing that term around a lot lately. Apparently, almost everything Trump does could possibly trigger a constitutional crisis. I would argue it feels like we've kind of had a couple already. Yeah, that seems... Like many strokes. <laughs> so, constitutional crisis arises when uh, different parts of the government play constitutional hardball with each other. Okay. So, the consti- Christ, constitutional hardball? Yeah, like uh-huh. uh, they take their powers to the fullest extent, and instead of thinking, oh, well, if I do this, I might get checked in this way, so I should back off a little, they think, let me try to do everything I'm possibly allowed to under the Constitution. And when that happens, the document sort of runs out because it envisions the different parts of the government keeping each other in check. And when it, when it runs out in this way, it's not entirely clear sort of which part of the government wins. And so then you have a crisis if no part backs down. Right. So if, for instance, the, uh, the House of Representatives subpoenas people in the Trump administration and they just say no— is that an example of a constitutional crisis? It is if the if it persists. So normally what happens is parts of the government uh, will both stake out strong positions and then at some point someone blinks or backs down or a compromise is reached. But when the right. compromise isn't reached, the only way to settle is to have the courts weigh in. And the courts generally are loath to do this because they think it's valuable to have other parts of the government work it out. And so we're now in a situation where, where there's they not get much backing idea? down. Why do they think it's valuable to have other parts of the government work it out? Uh, they're, so one reason is they take seriously the idea that no part of the government should aggrandize itself at the expense of the others. And if mm-hmm. the courts make all the decisions, they worry that the courts then um, are taking over things that should be voted on by the rest of us. So mm-hmm. they would like to throw it back to democracy when they can. I see. You know, it's sort of interesting that they wrote this constitution that was in part response to the King George thing. Worries of tyranny. Worries of tyranny. And so they thought, like, we got this all mapped out. We've covered everything that might happen. But in their wildest dreams, they couldn't have thought of Donald Trump and uh, uh, who's the uh, Moscow Mitch? (laughs) I think that's right. I think Twitter was really beyond their imagination. Um, yeah. 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 Because they, they were using messengers still back then. Yeah. Right? Horseback is, was state right, of the exactly. art. So it, it would look something like, uh, you know, Trump, 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 Trump. Is a message for you, sir. Fuck you. Trump, 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 Trump. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. You take this back. Drum, 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 drum. Message for you, sir. <laughs> no, fuck you. Drum, 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 drum. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah, nearly. Because Jefferson and Adams would have been tweeting at each other all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know. Take this to at Donald Trump. Little Sammy Adams. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is you, sir, with small hands, not I. Drum, 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 drum. Sad. Drum, 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 drum. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I guess we're, we're being tested right now because to my mind, and it's, and I am a partisan, obviously, it looks like the president is breaking the law all the time. 
And it, and and from but what we I don't have any recourse for that. And do we, we have no recourse for that. Is that? And Sam, I'm looking at you because you're the guy who knows the Constitution, and suddenly I feel myself blaming you. You I get that a lot. <laughs> you really shouldn't blame. Sam. I just feel like, God damn it, Sam! Why didn't you think of this? So I teach constitutional law, <laughs> and I get this reaction a lot. Do you get this reaction a lot? There's frustration with. Yes. It doesn't do what you want it it's to. It's inadequate. Is it inadequate, or are we just inadequate? Uh, both. So it's an 18th century system of government, and we haven't updated it very much at all. And there's been a lot of advances. In well, that's because God inspired it. I think, um, I think the Quill Amendment wasn't what we should have been thinking there about. There was no Quill Amendment. <laughs> there was a Quill Amendment. No, that's something you made Con- up. Congress shall <clears throat> use the Quill. Uh, so would you be in favor of a sort of a page one rewrite of the Constitution? Um, so the difficulty with that is you have to trust us, right, we the people, right. to write a good one. So I think we have lots of knowledge that we could draw on. Um, we had lots of knowledge at the last election for the president, too, right? Oh, um, touche. And so there's, right, there's always these dangers when you do big rewrites of constitutions that uh, sort of the ideas you like aren't the ones that all of your fellow country people like. So we're stuck yeah. with this one. I mean, practically, we are stuck with this one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good for your lesson plan, isn't it, Sam? <laughs> it's very convenient. <laughs> Not going to have to learn anything face new. It, if it changes again, you're going to have to come up with some new notes. Um, uh, no. You'd be surprised. All right. <laughs> the spread of misinformation has fueled our cultural divide and increased our collective anxiety about the future. Tackling misinformation isn't a simple task, but it's important. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that's dismantling new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. On the show, a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic walk into a bar, and the bartender says, no, 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 it's not that old joke. They dive deep into current events such as RFK Jr.'s involvement in mainstreaming dangerous anti-vax rhetoric. They crowdsource, research, analyze, and dream up answers to the problem with, get this, proven science as their ultimate guiding light. I highly recommend you check out Conspirituality's fascinating episodes on creating comedy in the MAGAverse with Jordan Klepper or RFK Jr. flirting with body fascism. And you've listened to a bunch of them at this point, Paul, I know, and you tell me you love it. I, I do. They're, they're fascinating, and my favorite part is they use, wait for it, proven science. Science? And, and if, if there's any kids listening, that's a class we used to take. Proven yep. science as their ultimate guiding light. I love that. From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed about misinformation and help you resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A detective came and knocked on the door, and I said, is it Renee? And he just gave me that solemn look. It was the worst day ever. The Proof Podcast is back with a new case and a new season. 23 years ago, 18-year-old Renee Ramos went missing. Her body was later found in an empty Home Depot building on the edge of town. I don't think that they arrested the right people. It's about time somebody's trying to do something. She had a black eye about two weeks before she was murdered. They are involved. They definitely had her body and her backpack. You know people are going to judge you, right? Of course. They're judging me now. 
They've been judging me damn near my whole life. You can listen now to season two of Proof wherever you get your podcasts and follow along with us as we reinvestigate the murder at the warehouse. I have to ask, did you kill Renee? Jesus fucks. Get ready for the miracle of Mega, a comedy podcast from the staff of a fictional mega church. And, and not only does he f- but he's the best at it. I'm Holly Loren. And I'm Greg Hess. Our characters, Hallie and Gray, welcome a new guest each week, played by some of the biggest names in comedy and podcasting. Like Scott Ackerman, Lauren Lapkus, Paul Shear, Jason Manzukis, Cecily Strong, and Duncan Trussell. I just love to think about that, the light shining down on all those corpses in the water and Noah just going by and maybe, maybe a mom being like, please, we're running out of energy. Can you please let us on the boat? It's completely improvised and it's devilishly funny. Is there any question you have for us about, you know, what it means to live a life in Christ? I guess, how much do you think is bullshit? There's a new episode every Sunday. Listen and subscribe to Mega, wherever you get your podcasts. Best I ever had. Best I Y'all can do it. Y'all can do it. Y'all sing along. We you know what I'm saying? Go, Jesus, you the best. Jesus, you're the best. You to be the best. Jesus, you're Jesus, the best. You the be- okay, best never mind. Best I ever had. Best wow. I ever had. Tell, tell me, uh, like, if you were to, you know, begin to inform me slowly what the rules are. Tell, tell me a couple that I can get a handle on. Wait, some just random rules from the Constitution. <laughs> yeah, random rules from the. Constitution. So rather than read the Constitution, that's in He's your jacket. He's gonna tell it to me. Okay. Go ahead, Sam. So this is kind of how teaching constitutional law starts. So yeah. the big rule is the federal government is supreme. Federal law wins, and state law loses. And that was the big change from the Articles of Confederation, that the federal government would be capable of creating laws and that those laws would become the rules of the road. Mm-hmm. And then, Who has to pass the federal government laws? Uh, so Congress has to pass the laws and the president has to sign them mm-hmm. or Congress has to come up with a supermajority mm-hmm. to pass the law over the president's objection. Okay. All right. Now, does this count for anything the federal government does or just laws? Because, for instance, the Trump administration just came to California and said, we're setting our our, uh, uh, mileage standards for cars at a much lower bar than California's, and California's going to have to fall in line. Now, that's not a law. That's a presidential power being exercised, right? That's right. So it's just laws that have to go through um, this process. But to the extent that the president is doing other things, frequently it's pursuant to laws. So the laws often empower someone in the executive branch to be able to act instead to set of standards. detailing it. So is California host then? Why would are we the president have to, uh, be allowed to set emission standards? So usually it's they will say, let's create a whole agency and we'll let some expert in the agency come up with standards after hearing from lots of people, and then those will bind everyone. Um, What's different here is the president is not working through experts in agencies. He's He didn't even put experts at the top of the agencies, although there may be some experts within the agency that were already there. Certainly. So who's going to win this one? Um, usually what will happen in these situations is the courts will duck. And so what they will think is constitutional crisis. We want to throw this back to democracy. And they'll try to find ways to basically force everyone back to the negotiating table. And how do you do that? Uh, well, they've had 200 years of practice, so they're quite good. They um, they can do things like remand it Boy, to the lower courts. that is a courts. lifetime appointment, by the way. 
Yeah. 200 years. That's, yeah, that's a, that's yeah, a nice. They've been in there for quite a while. Um, all right, so I, wait, I interrupted. Sorry. Go ahead. One thing they can do is just remand issues and tell the lower courts, think about this other problem, and just wait another year to hear the case. And then everybody suffers while no one's quite sure what the outcome will eventually be. And Well, that's certainly going to be true for the auto industry because they've got to be worried that California is going to win this, right? They don't want to be manufacturing cars that don't meet California's mileage standards because then they can't sell them in California, right? I mean, that's what's going to happen here. That's right. And so that's the pressure. The auto industry is going to be really want this to be settled, and they're going to pressure both the federal government and California. Wouldn't it be possible for the auto industry just to do the right thing and self-impose emission levels so, so that we don't breathe in stuff we're not supposed to and we don't kill the earth? Isn't that possible? It is, although the Trump administration has argued that that would be an illegal restraint on trade if they all got together and did it as a group. Oh, Jesus wow. Christ. Wow. <laughs> Honest to God, there's no way that the constitutional framers could have thought of somebody this assholish yeah, that yeah. far back. Weren't there, I mean, like, I mean, come on. Uh, uh, John Adams was an asshole, right? But not, not of that magnitude. I think, yeah, the latter statement's definitely fair. <laughs> Are you a John Adams defender here? An Adams apologist? I don't have a strong view, but <laughs> uh, I, I, I meant that I he was kind of famously you said irascible. John Adams was an asshole. Well, he was famously a little bit cantankerous, right? I, I've never heard anybody say that John Adams was an asshole. Huh. Um, I believe. Wow. I believe in the musical 1776. He refers to himself as obnoxious and unlikable. But I, I don't I get think that's, not that's historically probably accurate. a quote. <laughs> I don't think he sang a lot. <laughs> you're right all right so no so do you think that trump is something that the framers never could have foreseen um the initially the framers set up the constitution to intermediate between us the people and the government and so they wanted us to elect people who would then choose the president for us and this oh, notion right. that we vote directly yeah. for the president or more or less directly they wanted to avoid in part because they were worried about mob populism rule. and yeah. mob rule. Sure. Yeah. Oh, we Boy. missed that one yeah. up. They, yeah, they were right about that. <laughs> yeah, they got us. Yeah. Oh, my god. Good gosh. on you guys. Yeah. My apologies, you know John Adams. You know what? I, 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 yeah. They would have seen it come. You know what? They would have. Yeah. No, they were right. Wow, that was yeah. packed with info that yeah. way. <laughs> and that's my dissertation. <laughs> Sam... How would we go about getting rid of the electoral college? That's a that's a that's a big one. And it? should we? So I think we should. Um, and done. All right. All right. <laughs> that was much wow, easier was than I expected. Fast. A fourth branch of power that the the, uh, the framers. <laughs> yeah, the, the podcast. It's it's the judiciary, the Congress, uh, the executive branch, and the and the uh, nobody listens to Paul Poundstone podcast uh, yeah. starring Sam Ehrman. Uh, not to be confused with Sam Irvin. So you, so n nobody, and nobody does. Country lawyer. Uh, yeah. yeah. So no. let, let, let's get back to our guest for a moment, if I may. Yeah. Um, so uh, how would we Which do it? Which one? We only have one guest. Sam Irvin? Yes. Okay. Sam Irvin is almost certainly dead, too. <laughs> so Sam, okay. So how do we go about it, and why do you think we should get rid of the Electoral College? I think we should get rid of the Electoral College because it's undemocratic, and the notion that we should vote by states really harks back to 
the moment of the founding and after the Civil War just isn't the way we organize the United States nearly as much as it once was. And the way you can get rid of it is if states that had a majority of electoral votes all passed legislation saying, we'll just give our votes to whoever wins the popular vote, which they're allowed to do, then that would make the popular vote determinative of the election. Wow. And what's stopping that from happening? So that would be just something that was done on occasion? Or we would make a rule? Each state would pass a law saying, when a presidential election is held, whoever gets the majority in our state gets... um, Whoever gets the majority in the nation gets all of our state's electoral votes. Oh, but everybody would have to do it, right? You just... Not everybody, but enough states that they control a majority of the electoral votes. Mm, Sounds unlikely that the states would all do this. Well, that enough states would do this. That's where we are now. A bunch have done it, but um, not enough. And to get there, you would need states that potentially could swing elections uh, to go ahead and do it. And right. They kind of like getting all the power they have. You're right. The you're, other you're, ha- you're Pennsylvanias and your your Carolinas. There's, yeah. The, On the, other the hand, remaining purple states. Right. But once you. If you were ever to do it for one or two elections, it would change norms very quickly. People would get used to it. And so at that stage, that's where you can get a constitutional amendment is once something new becomes conventional wisdom. Okay. Then the constitutional amendment is, of course, the other way to do it. Right. Why wouldn't we just do a constitutional amendment? And that way there we don't have to to depend on the kindness of strangers. Well, you need um, a supermajority of states to ratify a constitutional amendment. So that's a heavier lift than getting a bare majority of states to say we're willing to assign our votes. And you don't even need a majority of states for the legislative solution. You just need a majority of electoral votes. So California's in on this plan, and we have a lot of votes. And so that gets you pretty far along just right out of the gate. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so let's move on to, to, to another question, which is, What's the most surprising thing that people uh, react to in your classes when you, when you tell them about the Constitution? Give us a fun fact. Uh, so if by fun we mean sort of distressingly depressing. Okay. Um, <laughs> not a conventional I think so, definition. yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I'm not worried about being depressed. I have shitloads of anti-bone-breaking pills that I can pop at any minute. What, you're going to do what? Oh, they get you so high. Do they really? Excellent. Good to know. So my students are always surprised by the extent to which the original Constitution was a pro-slavery document, that it had lots of protections um, for slave owners, including uh, not allowing Congress to bar the um, international slave trade for 20 years, requiring that free states, um, if slaves got to free states, that they be returnable to slave states. Wow. What, so there's why? a lot of that. There's, it's not just like one little hey, they're, they're no. three fifths of a. And person how do thing. we get rid of right. those things? Uh, through constitutional amendment. So uh, you told me there had been about a dozen constitutional amendments. Yeah. So there's been well over a dozen, and the after the Civil War is where we get the the sort of revolution in the Constitution from being a pro-slavery document to being a much more egalitarian document. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was a series of amendments uh, uh, known as the Cut the Shit Amendments. Right. That's what they were called, officially. Cut the Shit Amendments. It was a trio of... um, That's weird that they ever did that. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I knew that Thomas Jefferson had slaves, 
uh, I mean, I knew they were wrong about a lot of things. They were prescient in many ways, and some of the stuff was was kind of amazing, their foresight. And then there were other things that was just like, yeah, no, really. Also, they were human beings, and they were wrong about a lot of things. But I don't think of them as villainous, and that strikes me. The fact that it would be such a pro-slavery document strikes me as villainous. Well, it had to, it had to be in order to be passed, right? I mean, the, the southern states wouldn't have signed on to a constitution that, that didn't allow slavery. Am I correct? That's right. So there's there's sort of two ways to think about how could this be possible. Yeah. And one is just hardball politics. There was huge amounts of property and slaves. You weren't going to get this done if people thought that was at risk. Mm-hmm. The other is slavery was normal in this world. And so it doesn't excuse it, but mm-hmm. it was hard to imagine a world in which there would be no slavery at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's the fact that they succumb to what was normal in their world is somewhat typical. Mm-hmm. Although some people did bring it up at the time. Right. It was within their capabilities to see this was a moral wrong and make a different decision. Um, but many people were willing to compromise. Yeah, you're right. That's not so much of a fun fact. <laughs> no, it is a little bit depressing. Yeah, huh? absolutely. Boy, Sam Irvin would have cheered us up. Your your rival, Sam Irvin. Do you think a lot of kids, when they sign up for your class, they think, oh, my God, this is the guy from Watergate? I don't think all my students know what Watergate is. You don't think your students know what Watergate is? Oh, I mean, I'm... Yeah, well, I lived through it, so I'm older than you, Sam. I mean, if they made it to well, law school, you know they probably the, do. <laughs> Bonfani's asking, uh, it's depressing. How would they not know what Watergate is? No, President got impeached. Yeah. No, he didn't. Well, he, okay. He, he would have. But he would have, probably. Not if McConnell was there. All right. <laughs> 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 Well, thank you, Sam, for, for promoting our general welfare and helping us secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Paula, based on what you just heard, what advice can you give our listeners about the United States Constitution? Uh, ben Castle House Band, can I ask you for a little background music for my summary of what I've learned? The Constitution is the roadmap for how our government runs, but it was written before roadmaps were obsolete. Now we have GPS. With its three branches of government with equal powers, the Constitution was written in response to the tyranny of King George. The framers would have had to be high to have thought of a day when Donald Trump, Mitch McConnell, and Bill Barr would be leaders in those three branches, or that we would have added Putin as a fourth branch. (laughs) And the pot wasn't as as strong back then. In summary, we're fucked, we're fucked, we're fucked, we're fucked. Alrighty. Well, thank you for being on our show. Uh, Sam Ehrman is a law professor at USC's Gould School of Law and the author of Almost Citizens, Puerto Rico, the U.S. Constitution, and Empire. When we come back, producer Tony Anita Hall has an update on how this podcast's ratings are doing globally. Moldova, get on that stick. The Cat of the Week is Flea Biscuit from Brownsburg, Indiana. p.m. Saturday, 
pulled up to my hotel. It's across from a hamburger joint called Bun Huggers. Normally, I would have taken a picture of it and posted it. Can't. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, Paula Poundstone, well, yeah. we're back. Um, you know, we've always had a solid fan base in Moldova. Oh, we're very big in Moldova. We are big in Moldova. We've done an episode where we tested uh, Mama Liga, which is we, a... Their staple m- of a, their a diet. Moldovan food. And Much we've, like... Uh, we've checked in with a guy who, who works for, I don't know, UN or something, and, and, and who lives in Moldova. I yeah, watched because we, we saw ourselves pop up on the, on the top charts. Because we were, sh- we're big in Moldova. Right. Because we were on the charts... We had, how high up were we? I think at one point we got to uh, in the high 20s or something. Whoa, whoa. We are taking Moldova by storm. Here's the thing. Um, Tony huh. Anita Hell tells me that um, that she's got some new information, some new statistics. All right, Tony, so we've tell got Tony us, Tony tell Anita Hall coming up to the microphone. About Moldovan tell tour. About what, what what do you know about our popularity Fantastic. in Moldova that we did not previously know? Yeah, we have 13 downloads in Moldova in the last three months. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait, 13, 13 what? Thirteen hundred? We were planning a tour there. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta get we gotta, Bonnie Shit. cancel the tour. 13. No, is that serious? Thirteen, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. We have thirteen dollars. Boy, you whipped through that crowd quickly. <laughs> wow. Um we we ate Mama Liga. On air, you did. I didn't. You know what? I didn't even like Mama Liga. You know what, Moldova? I fucking hated Mama Liga. No, I didn't. I was I was humming Moldovan folk songs <laughs> just so that I could prepare myself so, for our appearance. But there. we were on the charts. Was, does that mean that they just don't listen to a lot of comedy in Moldova? Not good I, comedy. No, I don't think. I don't think there are funny people. <laughs> I mean, because if we were number twenty-seven, and and uh, you know, on any given week, that meant that we had like what two downloads? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we had two downloads <laughs> in Moldova, get, and that that rocketed us up to like number thirty-two on their comedy charts, and we were so <laughs> proud of ourselves. Um, wow, Jesus, they must work so hard. <laughs> <laughs> So, no time um, for podcasts. No time for podcasts. More work. More, more work. work. All the time we are working. <laughs> Who's going to listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone this week? <sighs> Do, I, I volunteer. Need, all right. I need, <laughs> I need one more volunteer. Yeah, only me. I'll do it twice. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, she's sweeping the nation. <laughs> and meanwhile, the rest of you get back to sweeping the nation. Yeah. Work, 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 work. That's Moldovan comedy. Work, 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 work. It's because I can relate to it when you say that, because that's all I do. (laughs) It's funny because it's our tragic reality. No laughing Moldova. I can't believe it. Oh, my God. terrible. So, Tony, where are we doing better? I was bragging to people about how big we were in Moldova. 13 Moldovans moved their asses to download us in the last three months. Oh my God! Well, Moldova, pick up your game. Uh, Tony, yeah. is there anywhere else that we can uh, where we can cling to a to a shred yeah. of hope where, of having international news. success? What, what country likes us? <laughs> Greece. Greece. Greece likes us. Opa. Yeah. Oh All right. boy. Yeah, we appeared on the Greece comedy chart at number seventy-five. And that's wow. a total of... That's why Tony is wearing a peplos, the traditional <laughs> Greek women's garment. A peplos? 
But yes, Tony is Tony is uh, uh, has donned a peplos this evening yep. to celebrate. It's quite a peplos you've got there, Tony. Thank you. Our success in Greece. Yeah. So so the seventy fifth. So that means that like what three downloads? No, two hundred and fifty in the last three months. Greece, man! <laughs> All right. I am going to learn a line dance. Absolutely. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, what well, can you tell us about Greece? Let's suck up to Greece. Because yeah. obviously it, we're building a fan base it's there. Zorba that's been listening to us. Zorba. The Greek. The fictional <laughs> the fictional character that people don't even remember anymore. Oh, who does it remember Zorba the Greek? Me. You, oh, you I don't know, know anything you, about you Zorba know. the Greek. You know what? Let's not Jeez. stickle. I remember Jimmy the Greek. <laughs> um, so it's a very happy place. Of course. There Boy, you go. Moldova, okay. take a lesson there, huh? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, so- we vacation in Greece occasionally. <laughs> Okay. Oh, wow. um, Greek grandparents usually live with their children's family until they die. Ooh. Okay. Um, Ooh. It's the most until the children die. Until the until they drive the <laughs> children to their graves. <laughs> uh, oh, um, wow. It's the most sexually active country in the world. Wow. wow. Not yeah. a lot of electricity. Nope. Uh, they have because usually people have <laughs> sex during blackouts. Isn't that, that true? That is true. I have. Yeah. Oh, maybe they have frequent blackouts. Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) the idea that they could even, so they have to go to great effort. They have to strategically download us um, because they need the electricity. Yeah, Yeah, and we're not exactly great listening while you're having sex. So I want to thank our Greek (laughs) people for, um, what do you mean that's not true? No. Uh, uh, uh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't even know what that was. I can never unhear that. What I'm saying is, uh, we're not exactly the, the Barry White of the podcast world. You're not going to put on Paula Poundstone and Adam Felber to, 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 to get it on. I think you do. Let's get it on. That's 164 times a year they have sex. 3.15 That's, times a week. Wait, they, ha- they average 3.5 sexual encounters per week? Why are you calculating Greek sex? <laughs> she's not calculating, she's reading. Exactly. Um, That's three point. Okay. Uh, That's a lot. What makes them so happy? It's one of the sunniest countries in the world. Oh. They have like, some places have almost 300 days of sunshine in Greece. Wow. I didn't know that. I I didn't know that either. So it's sunny. They're having sex. They're, uh, you know, I I no longer feel so bad for them about their economy. No, me neither. <laughs> Apparently, we help them laugh their way out of it. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. They Moldova, like us. come along with us. Can you give us an example of some Greek culture? Fuck Moldova. Um, yeah. Well, we're, we have Moldova's dead to us. <laughs> you're have... landlocked, as far as we're concerned, Moldova. You know they are landlocked. They That's are why landlocked. they're so sad. Are they landlocked? Yeah, they, they don't have yeah, a. They, they can't get to us. They are landlocked. All right. Oh, I'm sorry, Tony. Go oh, ahead. Oh no, it's okay. Um, I've brought in a, a song from Greece. Okay. It's a folk song. Oh, lovely. Um, it's called. Frango Siriani, which translate to, translates to Catholic Girl, oh. by Marcos Vomvarkaris, and it's from 1935. Boy, it rolls oh. off your tongue. Really, yeah. really well. Um, I think we should play it. Oh, yeah, let's, first. Play some, let's play some of, some of uh, Catholic Girl by Marcos Vomvarkaris. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, you on. can see why they like us. There are lyrics. Could I have a black olive? Minha puto si minha ploga. Oh yeah. Move the grandparents. I want to dance. 
Here I go. Hut, two. Spinning now. I would like to have sex. Put on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Okay, we are done with sex. Sport music. Wait, no, no, no. One more sex. Now roll some grape leaves with fig. All right. Was wonderful. Catholic girl, huh? And they're mostly yeah. Greek Orthodox there, aren't they? Yeah. So um, that can't be a coincidence. What? That they're Greek Orthodox. Well, they call themselves what Christian Orthodox. What other kinds of Orthodox would they be? Well, they, Greek it's like French Orthodox. fries. They just call them frites in France. In Greece, they just call being Greek Orthodox. Hey, we're Christian Orthodox. Uh huh. But we, you were calling it Greek Orthodox. Yes, I see. Because that's what we call it here to mm-hmm. distinguish it from other Orthodoxies. Yes, exactly. Uh, but what I'm saying is, this song about a Catholic girl is a, is a. I, I guess she's kind of unique there in Greece, right? Yeah, this is one of the most popular Greek songs that's been covered by many, many Greek artists. And I thought I recognized. Yeah, it. I thought so. Um, and it's just Marcos in the song is just. Listening. Hold on, your peplos is a little tangled. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. thank you. Yeah. I, didn't, um, I didn't want um, anyone to, have, to start having oh. sex right here. Um, anyway, the song is about Marcos. <laughs> Trying to move on. Um, <laughs> my face is getting hot. <laughs> Tony, lower your peplos. Um, the songs uh, just list the Grab places your that pe- peplos tighter. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to accidentally be having sex. You know, you know what they say about the Catholic girls. They like to uh, loosen their peplos. <laughs> wow. Okay, there we go. Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, what else were you telling us? I'm um, sorry. No, it, the song just lists the places where Marcos used to take his. Catholic girlfriend. Oh. It's just a list of places. Oh, I see. That's it's all the that she was singing. He was just singing. That's all he and... was. All he was singing. People about. don't really pay attention to lyrics. No. Yeah. yeah. I remember the first line was the olive bar. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we're gonna have to work on our Greek accents if we're gonna get uh, better. We're gonna widen our appeal well, in Greece. I'm so used to. I've been studying Moldovan Me for too. so long. And for what? For thirteen measly oh, downloads. Oh my god. Oh, you Moldovans have let so us down. Upsetting. All right. Well, you should probably do well to book an appearance in Athens. But um, until that, <laughs> until that international tour, uh, where are you going to be appearing next, Paula Poundstone? I'm in Alexandria, Virginia, November 15th, 16th, and 17th at the Birchmere Music Hall. Oh. Telephone line. Uh, and on New Year's Eve, I'm in San Francisco at the Norse Theater. Great. Yeah. Jeff Lynn. He was the uh, lead singer-songwriter of ELO. He wrote Telephone Line, and that's his voice. Yeah, see, I could look that up myself, Adam, but I'm not using my smartphone right now. So I'm trying to help you, Jeff Lynn. Thanks. Gifted songwriter producer. You know what? Having you beside me is like having my smartphone. Well, um... (laughs) Can you wake me up every half an hour tomorrow morning? I will. I feel like, if nothing else, I'd do that on this podcast. Telephone Line. Give me some time. I'm living in twilight. I have, for the last six days, been singing 
literally two words of that song <laughs> over and over in my it head. It hasn't even made you curious. To, oh, you can't, you can't access it. I can't, it. no. It's a really good have, song. It's a I song about a guy song. who's like, you know, getting, Absolutely. nobody's answering the phone. Catholic girl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well... Speaking of hotel soap, we're yeah. still trying to come up with a pithy description of the show. Oh, and Paula, man. I got to tell you something. I've told you I was, I'm not good at it. I was picking up. Well, here, well, you were right. Yeah, <laughs> I was. Uh, I was picking up my son from middle school. Uh, I was in the car with my dog. We were about to go get him, and I heard a very popular uh, NPR show here in uh, Los Angeles, Take Two. Yeah. And I was you, on that. You were on it. it yeah. And I was like, I'm going oh, to listen to this. Oh, I talked about the podcast. And you talked about me, and it was really touching. Yeah. Um, and you talked about our podcast description contest yeah. very eloquently. Yeah, because we you, need You explained that you're not up. good at, at, yeah. at um, yeah. describing the podcast, so we're having this contest, and you're right. giving away hotels. On our hotels. Facebook page, yes. the listener who comes up with a brief but compelling description yeah. of our show can win a fresh bar of hotel soap. Right, and you you said that you summed that up perfectly. Yeah. And then A. Martinez, this, uh, your interviewer, your interlocutor, your interlocutor um, said, okay, well, great. What's your podcast about? Yeah, and and that's when I let rip my own description. Yeah, you. Did. I think let rip is the most appropriate way. Of, uh, I can, said, can I... stand back, A. Martinez, stand back. Okay. Let me tell you what my podcast is about. And then you did this. Every time I do like an interview, I go, "Well, it's a, um, you know, it's a podcast. Uh, every show is not the exact same, but we usually have a guest who presents, a, like, an authentic guest, a real, yeah. uh, often professors um, who present information that's helpful to have as a as a human being functioning in the world. <laughs> um, the most memorable for me was a plumber because I could remember what the plumber said. I'd be reaching, for yeah, the hook and then at me and moment. Adam make things funny. That's. Really, who wouldn't want to listen to this show? One of the things, though, I mentioned a lot of titles up top uh, that you've done. Okay, now that was just terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're right. You're really bad at describing this little show of ours. Adam Philbin, how could you say that? (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. Culpepper, don't. It's a calumny. It's a damnable calumny. (laughs) It's not a calumny. You heard it then. Yeah, no, I'm not good at describing the show. Mrs. Culpepper just rushes to your defense at all times. Well, I I love pulling pounds, too. Tony Anita Hull, I'd like to adopt. You would? Oh, I love her. Uh, Tony, uh, uh, tighten up your pepper. I, uh... <laughs> Are you scandalized by Tony Anita Ho? Scandalous, scandalous, scandalous. <laughs> okay, so um, so we have now reestablished that you can't describe our show. No, I can't. Uh, so we need the listeners, and we've got some good ones here. Um, oh, good. Prue Sowers writes. Prue Sowers or Sowers? Prue, I think it's Sowers. Prue. Prue Sowers. Sowers. It's probably Prudence. Yeah. Can I get to what she wrote? Yeah. Okay. Quote, listening to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is like dumping a whole box of Fizzy's candy tablets into a glass of water and drinking it down. Your head explodes, but in the best way. That is a beautiful That's description. That's a great description. If only you'd said something like that, eh, yeah. Martinez? No, what I said was, well... <laughs> yeah, yeah. You panicked. It's the yeah, one, it's the one said, thing that makes you panic. A, you know, we talk. Uh... Tim from Sacramento, California wrote a weekly kick in the nuts of humor, wit, and wisdom. And Brian Defoe sent in this description, like James Joyce's Ulysses, but funnier and less comprehensible. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I I think, uh, I got to say, Tim from Sacramento, I think we have to adjust yours a little bit. I love it, but it sounds like we're kicking humor in the nuts, the way you phrased it. A weekly kick in the nuts of humor, wisdom, and wit. Um, 
He's, he's saying that you, that you, you, the listener, are being kicked in the nuts with humor, wisdom, and wit. Is I think what he's trying to say. Huh. I'd, I'd have to speak directly with Tim. I, uh, let, okay. Let's not stickle over this. Uh, I, 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 was, I was stickling. And Ben H. from Winslow, Maine wrote, quote, an educational tool for parents who need a third party to introduce difficult to broach topics into their conversations with their children. Or, as I like to call it, the reason I needed to explain what jerking off means to my daughter on the way home from school. <laughs> That's entirely Bonnie Burns' fault, by the way, if you're... I don't recall. Oh that. yes, yes. In the, in, the, in the middle of a show for no reason, and we, it, it's our bad that we reported it on the air. But like, some somebody said the word douse, right? This is this is like four weeks ago. This is what this is what Ben H from Winslow, Maine, is referring to. About four weeks ago on this on this very show, we were taking a quick break, and somebody said the word douse, and Bonnie said, "You know what I think when I hear the word douse," and we, and, and we quite innocently said. No, Bonnie, what do you think about when you hear the word douse? <laughs> and and I, I wish the viewers could, because I'm going to mime the way she mimed. She said, a guy jerking off! <laughs> Which nobody was thinking. None of us. <laughs> no. And I still, I still, it's like... Bonnie Webster Burns. Yeah. <laughs> Not even, not even in the in the neighborhood of, of those yeah. things. Her, you know, she's Greek. Her father was thesaurus. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow, jerking Doubt, off. Yeah, douse doesn't. Uh, douse. Yeah. No, I, it's not what I would have thought of. But you're uh, welcome, uh, Ben H. <laughs> and ironically, uh, if you want to try your hand at a short description of our show. You can, uh, yeah, you can email us at uh, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com and you could win a. Bar of Hotel Soap autographed bar. by Paula Poundstone. You can win a fresh bar of Hotel Soap. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm saying, who's stickling now, Paula? <laughs> you know the food company HelloFresh that delivers the food? Yeah. Right? Yeah. They're not just called Hello. Fresh is a good adjective. It is. <laughs> for certain things. I, I, I maintain that it's kind of implied with a wrapped bar of Hotel yeah, Soap. Yeah, but it just sounds better. Okay. A fresh bar of Hotel Soap autographed by me and... Tonight, uh, we're going to give a fresh bar of hotel soap to each of these uh, listeners. All four of them? Yeah, I think they're You're all, breaking the bank, Paula. They're, they're terrific. Do we have a budget for four you know what? stolen bars of hotel soap? <laughs> well, I think we do, because what I'm going to do when I'm on the road this weekend yeah. is not bathe. I'm just bringing all the soap home. Okay. That's, that sounds fair. All right, we'll be back right after this. According to climate scientists, we have 10 years and 13 weeks until the Earth begins to become uninhabitable. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. It's a podcast that we do as uh, we, ma- we are married. And how's the ad going so far? Because I think it's going very good. <laughs> we talk about things we like every week on Wednesdays. One time Rachel talked about pumpernickel bread. It was so tight. You cannot afford to miss her talking about this sweet brown bread. We also talk about music and poems and, you know, weather. There was one... Weather? <laughs> one time Rachel talked about Baby Beluga, this song, for like 14 minutes. And it just really blew my hair back. So, <laughs> so check us out on MaximumFun.org. It's a cool podcast with chill vibes. Amber is the color of our energy, is what all the iTunes reviews say. <laughs> they will now. Well, Alexis, we got big news. Uh-oh. Season one, done. It's over. Season two, 
coming at you hot. Three years after <laughs> three our now. season three one. Now. Technically right. almost four years. All right. And now, listen, here at Can I Pet Your Dog, the Smash yes. It podcast, our seasons run for three and a half years. <laughs> and then at season two, we come at you with new hot co-hosts named you. Hi, I'm Alexis. <laughs> uh, field trip. Dog tech. Yeah. Dog news. Dog news. Celebrity guests. Oh, big shots. Will not let them talk about their resume. Nope. Only yeah, the dogs. Only the dogs. I mean, if ever you were going to get into Can I Pet Your Dog, now's the time. Get in here every Tuesday at MaximumFun.org. On this day in unremarkable history, St. John the Apostle said, I only supported Jesus to get my name out there as a writer. Then my book got released as part of a collection. Welcome back. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, all you nobodies. uh, Paula uh, has something to bring you. Paula tells her message. Adam. What happened to you, Mr. Culpepper? I am French Trump. French Trump. <laughs> I am French Trump. Oh, you're not. I'm Ms. here Go- to defend myself against impeachment. <laughs> what just happened? I am French Trump. So we have another hand puppet here. I recently met with Mr. Lapierre. <laughs> he had on such a nice suit. <laughs> I can't for the life of I me. I said, do you mind if I call you Mr. Bang Bang? And what did he say? He said, look at my suit. <laughs> yes, Adam, did you have a question? Uh, where did French Trump come from and why? I am French Trump. Why would we have a friend? And he look, you look identical to Mrs. Culpepper. I'm not Mrs. Culpepper. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you, Adam? Adam Felber. That's French Trump. I am French Trump. My phone call, <laughs> my phone call was perfect. Your phone, your phone call was. My per- phone call was perfect. Uh, oh, you mean the one with the Mr. The... Pompeo says so. Okay. I, I, my uh, my phone call was perfect. Oh. And what happened? What's happening? I call it a presidential uh, uh, harassment. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I can see why you'd feel that way, Mister yeah. French President. Mister Pompeo said my phone call was perfect. I know. I I hate to do this, uh, French Trump. Um, but given that you are the president of the United States and you have that accent. I'm kind of going to want to see your birth certificate. <laughs> I do not have to show you my birth certificate. <laughs> yes, you do. I am French Trump. <laughs> it's already bad what's happened to me. Well, the uh, uh, presidential harassment. You've finally done it. You've finally created a situation where I want to move on to simple sample dialogue. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know what, Adam? (laughs) Let me just say something to you. French What a privilege it is to say that nobody listens to Paula Poundstone has changed people's lives. So many musicians have come up to me in the last week to say that Captain Crinkle's explanation of posting a song on iTunes made it possible for them to post their own. Now, nobody believes that at all, Paula. And expose the world to their music. It's so rewarding. And that's just one of the ways our podcast has touched people's lives. Why must you start with lies? It's not a lie. You want to hear lies? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately.
Unfortunately, in order to keep making our podcast, we have to have more listeners. True enough. The problem is that many listeners find that sharing the fact that they listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone can be an awkward conversation. If we have any listeners out there listening, could you uh, write in maybe and confirm or deny that? Of course it's true. So I have written some simple sample dialogue to relieve that social stigma. Social stigma? Yeah. Of mentioning, you know, because it can be an awkward conversation. I don't think our podcast is stigmatized in conversations. Uh, it's awkward sometimes. Uh, so anyways, try this. Listener, fellas, what a season we've had. Ever since spring training, we've just gelled as a team. I couldn't be prouder of my last season to be with this bunch of guys wearing pinstripe suits. Who knows what will happen to us as we Yankees go into the postseason. But I, I want to take this opportunity to tell you guys something I've felt awkward about sharing in the past. I listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. See, Adam? Wow. Listener's friend. Wow, Cece. Thanks for telling us. <laughs> do you think that has anything to do with how good you've played this season? Listener. Well, DJ, I can't say for sure, but let's think about it. I've been throwing a ball in tight pants for a long time. <laughs> and in the past, a lot of guys have hit that ball with a bat. This year, I've been listening and laughing to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, and I throw the ball and guys can't hit it with a bat. I think it very well could be that being a nobody has improved my game. <laughs> second listener. You're doing this on purpose. Second listener's friend. Do you think if I listened, it could keep me off the injured list? Listener, I don't know why not, Aaron. Laughter is the best preventative medicine, too. Besides, it's so boring out there in right field, you could listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone and no one would notice. <laughs> Second listener's friend. Thanks, Cece. I'll become a listener, too. And by the way, you're right. The only thing more boring than baseball is in the right field in baseball. I tend to drift off. It's probably why I get hurt so much. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a dialogue there, Paula. Um, yeah. Yeah, I feel like you wrote it kind of specially for me because the playoffs are starting, and as you know, I'm a, I'm a devoted Yankee fan. Oh, are you? Yeah, you knew that, didn't you, Paula? And I want to commend you because you're not a baseball fan. Uh, I, I've played baseball. But when you've I was done, you did some research to write this utterly preposterous simple sample dialogue. This is not preposterous, Adam. Well, it presupposes the Yankees really haven't done very well for a long time. It's been uh, since what was it two two thousand twelve, maybe that they, uh, they, they every they, they won a World Series every, in two thousand nine. Every series since April, yeah. they've won the series. Uh, I mean, I, when they're, like, playing another team for, like, three games. or they, They've had a very good season. Yeah, since April, they've won every of the little series. That's not true, actually. That is true. No, no, no. In fact, last week they lost a, a little two-game well, series to the Tampa that. Bay Rays. Oh. <laughs> the you know point I want to get across. by the way? Why? Because they didn't um, listen to because us? Because last week CeCe didn't listen. Okay, now, let me just say this. Yeah. Um, this <laughs> simple sample dialogue that you wrote for the Yankees. can only work... For the next three weeks. Maximum. Yeah. Because CeCe Sabathia... Adam, Adam, it's one listener at a time. Yes. But that one listen. So only if CeCe Sabathia is a fan of ours... Yes. Did is you he hear what I just read? Okay. I, I guess my real point is is that uh, by the time CeCe hears this, he might have retired. This is his he last is season. He is retiring. Yes. 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 Yeah. Right. 
But before he retired, he wanted to pass on to his teammates what's made DJ him have LeMahieu such a... DJ LeMahieu and Aaron Judge. Exactly. What's made him have such a spectacular season. You know, I'm so touched that you went, you went to the trouble of writing something about the New York Yankees and researching it just to fuck with me that I, I, I love this simple sample dialogue. Thank you very much. That, it's, it's my t- pleasure. It's, it's touching. <laughs> All right, nobodies. Remember that our email address again is nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. And you can find me and Adam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can find my remarkably soft tri-poly blend <laughs> t-shirts with the self-portrait on the left breast and the memorable quote on the back at paulapoundstone.com. And remember, everybody, Paula Poundstone's hit single, Not My Butterfinger, is now available at iTunes or wherever you get your digital downloads. Bonnie got it up on iTunes. She did. She did. I can't wait to hear the story of how that happened. All right, that's our show, everybody. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Felber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezevnik, and Tony Anita Hull. And thanks for coming on the show tonight, Tony. Technical direction by Ray Horseman and mixing by Anthony Alfaro. Special thanks to tonight's house band. You were fantastic, Ben Castle. Thank you, house band. Thanks to our guest, Sam Ehrman. You were also fantastic. And, and- your uncle, Sam Irvin. <laughs> no relation. Security muscle is provided by Tyler Burke. Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me. For your special Paula Poundstone discount, use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com. That's our show for tonight. <laughs> Won't somebody please listen to me? Tuesday, 10 p.m. Usually when we take a break taping our show... I used the bathroom and checked my email on my smartphone. I didn't tonight. <laughs> Little list of places you can take Catholic girls <laughs> in Greece. Take them to the movies. Take them to the bar. Olive bar. Take them to the restaurant around the corner or the one that's kind of far. <laughs> Enjoy the crumbly cheese. (laughs) Take them to the grocery store. I don't know anymore. We don't know anymore. (laughs) What if our what if the listeners from Greece are actually from Greece the movie? (laughs) That would be great. It's a big cast. Hey there, little Catholic girl. Can I take you to a few more Greek places? See some Greek faces. Close up your peplos. (laughs) Then go home and open it again. Oh, yeah. 3.5 times a day. That's what I say, Catholic Greek girl. Religious minority around here, but I don't mind. All the places we find in Greece. Greek Orthodox. They don't wear socks. We don't wear no socks. We got sandals, baby, yeah. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported. Hey, everybody. As longtime listeners know, when Helix Mattresses first started sponsoring our show... 
Bonnie Burns somehow got the drop on me and made off with the first mattress. But in the intervening years, I have gotten myself a Helix mattress. I've had it for almost a year now, and it has improved my sleep. It has improved my life. I could not be happier. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, which I have, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, which is a mattress designed just for big and tall sleepers, and they even have mattresses made just for kids. Now, if you're like me and you were a little nervous about trying it online, or like Paula, who was screaming in fear of buying a mattress online, don't be. The Helix Sleep Quiz takes into account your individual sleep preference to match you and your partner with the perfect mattress. I took the quiz and I ended up with the great mattress for a side sleeper, the Helix Midnight Lux. Take my word for it, everybody. The Helix Midnight Lux. Oh, don't want to take Adam's word for it. I don't blame you. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and... Two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula and use the code helixpartner20. This is their best offer yet and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Paula. Paula, I invited you over, but you fell asleep. Helixsleep.com slash Paula. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. 